and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 40 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcasting Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how's Georgia? Yeah. Georgia is wonderful. Hello from beautiful Gainesville. Uh, we have escaped Chicago. I had a snake Pliskin-like escape. I put on an eye patch. I had a bunch of adventures, which will not be discussed on this podcast, and uh, I made it. Okay, yeah, but you'll be coming back soon, though, right? Uh, to be determined. To be determined. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it here. <laughs> it's pretty weird. I don't know. Man. Me, and, uh, me pretty... and my new friend, Governor Brian Kemp, are having such a nice time. Oh, uh, that. Uh... <laughs> Wait, you said Gainesville? That's Florida, surely. Uh, well, there also is a city named Gainesville in Florida, oh. but no. Oh, I am okay. in. Uh, I am in Gainesville, Georgia, which I recently found out used to be called Deer Camp. Georgia. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I've been corrected. Mule Camp, Georgia. Oh, Mule Camp. Even better. <laughs> even yeah. better. Even Mule. more even more Georgia like. So it's far more Georgian. <laughs> um before we go much further, uh I have to uh cop to something. I fucked up last week. Did you? I did, because I said that this was that last week was episode forty, and um I was c- discombobulated by all the um I was discombobulated by all of the uh, the specials we did, and uh, so we forgot to do an episode 39. Well, who can um, blame you? Math is hard. But, uh, yeah, I didn't even realize it until, like, two days later. So, and I think I actually had the fact that I was, I knew the fact that I was recording episode 40 of Busting Balls. Ah, uh, this so, so, so Jeff, I think this is your it, moment of redemption right here. What episode is this? This is the real episode 40. So we're, we're Oh, gonna, the real episode 40. We're, we're just going to retroactively say that that was episode 39. I'm not going to go back and edit it on the feed because I can't be bothered to do that at this we'll just, point. We'll but, just say that the that last episode was regular episode 40, and this is episode 40 double malt. That's right. There we go. <laughs> Or, or something. That's so, right. Uh, it's a smooth-ass episode brought to you by <laughs> Billy D. Williams. <laughs> and with that, we go live to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida for the real episode 40 of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> uh, your hosts this evening, uh, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Taz. Um, and not Excalibur. Yeah. Huh. Why do, why do one, you? Yeah. Why do you lay that one on me? Because you, you so, kind of told me what happened, and I, I I was not following wrestling during the relevant time, so I had absolutely no idea. And 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 neither was I, to be fair. However, uh, some stuff recently came to uh, back to the surface, according to you know the the more PWG educated around me, but um. In some old PWG promos, uh, uh, everybody's favorite woke commentator Excalibur decided to, and may, and and also according to some information, this was not his idea. However, it happened. Uh, he dropped some hard R's on some promos to get heat. Um, Ooh, not and good. Also, also accompanied by Kevin Steen dropping those same hard R's. Very not good. Yeah, that's not so, good. You know, I'm not going to comment too much about it because, again, I wasn't watching at the time. And 
it's just not great. But I do think it was the right decision to leave him off this show for the time being. So I don't want to get too, uh, you know, AEW year the best, but like good on AEW for making the decision to leave him off of this particular show and monitor the situation as it develops, I suppose. Yeah, I, that, you know what? Uh, I, I, I was just made aware that although that does make sense now why I saw so many tweets yesterday about old PWG not being worth a shit. So, hmm, okay. Yes, yeah, so the more old PWG that I see, the happier I am I missed it. Yeah, yeah I think maybe, yeah, maybe yours was one of the ones that I saw then because yeah, that, that, that sounds Probably. familiar, but yeah, ooh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, 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 ooh, God. It's not great. And he also, it, that wasn't the only slur he used in that promo. So we'll just leave that there. Oh, boy. So, yeah, it, it was bad, but however, we did have a commentary team here, and Taz was able to round it out. And as previously stated on this podcast, Taz is a very skilled commentator uh, on Dynamite. So it was nice to have him here. And uh, I think they did a fine job as kind of a new team. There were some, I think there was some consistency stuff, and like they were kind of a little all over the place as a team, uh, this, this three-man grouping, but uh, it was just fine. So, hey, before we get much further, did you watch Dark this past week? I did not because it overwhelmed me when they said there was 12 matches. I was like, that's too many. I can't watch all that. (laughs) There were 12 matches on one show, which again, I I talk about this all the time. Like they make it match heavy. And I think that's very cool again, but I'm I'm like, I'm sort of on vacation right now. So I'm not keeping to my regular schedule. I'm not streaming. So a lot of things I haven't been keeping to regularly. I have recently rewatched all of glow, which is still a fantastic series. And if you haven't seen glow folks, watch glow. I, I can only deal with so much Mark Marin at any given time. So You know what? I think it's the best role he's ever played. He's really legit great in it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. You know what? I, I did see someone tweet out um, a, a, a series set during uh, – somebody, somebody proposed – I can't remember who it was, so I'm not taking credit for this, but somebody proposed a TV show called House of Ideas about 1960s Marvel with Ray Wise as Jack Kirby and Mark Marin as Stan Lee. And you Any know what? I used to put Ray Wise on my television. I will happily accept. You know what? I, I cannot fault that casting at all. That sounds great, actually. Yeah, that would be really good. That's very inspired. Well, let's get back to episode 40 of AEW Dynamite. And we start right off with a 10 man clusterfuck. Uh, a clusterfuck, <laughs> indeed. Uh, Chuck uh, Taylor. A lot going on here. Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Orange Cassie, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy versus. Uh, the entire damn inner circle, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, yeah, what did, what did you think of this? I thought there was a lot happening. Uh, also, put some respect on the name. Best, best Friends and Friends. Oh, true. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. They even got a name. Uh, but no, it was. Uh, I think it was one of those deals where they said, hey, this is a 10-man match. It's hard to control, so let's just make it bedlam. Let's have a lot of uh, uh, dust-ups and quagmires and scrums. Um, everyone got their shit in towards the end. It was one of those deals that wrapped up or, or, or ramped up uh, towards the end of the match. A lot of really fun spots uh, towards the finish. A lot of good best friends stuff. Uh, the Marco stunt, like throwing back and forth between Hager and Luchasaurus was a lot of fun. That was, there was, that, that like. was good. I, it, it put me in the mind of that, uh, that New Japan match with uh, Scott Norton throwing cheeseburger at the entire... Uh... Bullet Club, oh, and the man. Bullet Club throwing cheeseburger back, back into the ring, and Scott Norton catching him. 
It's good stuff. Yeah, I think they use that well. I think they played up some tension between Luchasaurus and Hager quite well uh, for some future singles action. They kind of like they did that. There was that part where Hager hit everybody besides Luchasaurus over on the uh, the apron. Yeah, I thought that was well done. So there was a lot to like there. You know, good way to start a show. You know, know, AEW's been doing this and we've been talking about this on these podcasts. They've been starting their shows with just bangers. I wouldn't call this match like an absolute banger, but it had a lot to kind of get you excited. for. Yeah, honestly, this match didn't really click for me like it should have. I think there was there was some good stuff. But as you said, there was just too much going on. And it was just everybody at at certain points. It seemed like everybody was tripping all over each other. And that, 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 that kind of took away from it. Um. You are right because you know Luchasaurus. Uh, he really is the only uh, big beefy boy that's a baby face in in this you know company. What? So holy shit! I you know I didn't really think about that, Jeff. But yeah, he actually he is, isn't he? He, he is. Everybody else is is a heel or a, you know a, a tool of a heel or 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 something. Um, and I did laugh when um, when Luchasaurus actually accidentally lost his mask for a second there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Although he made up for it with an extra green beard, just in case. He, he so did. I think he was prepared. <laughs> he did. Um, the match ends with a uh, Matt Hardy run-in that nobody asked He's for. He's back. I asked for it. I'm going to stop you right there. I asked for it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> blame me. I will, I will, I will take totally back. blame you. Um, you know Matt what? Hardy. Versus Matt Hardy is fun. This is, if you're going to have Matt Hardy here, this is a fun way to use him as like a culmination of all the different characters he did. As you know, because this is his last run, right? We know that this is like the end of the line for Matt Hardy. He's going to get all the rest he can get in. He's there to, te- you know, he's a player coach now, right? He's there to put younger guys over, teach younger guys stuff backstage be kind of a locker room leader and the way he entertains fans is with his character work, right? That's what he's always done. So give me all the different goofy versions of Matt Hardy and let's have some fun. Yeah. But at the same time, they really could have quietly, you know, gotten past this whole Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara thing while Sammy Guevara was on his, uh, on his little suspension there. But this um, is true. I, on that, we do agree. Although they, they, the Sammy Guevara thing is just, it's, it's, it's weird to kind of navigate, isn't it? Like, I, I don't really know. I'm not really sure what to think yet. Um, obviously Sammy did some very wrong stuff in some years past and said some very wrong stuff. Um, but like what, how far do we take that with him? You know, and and like, how do we bring him back? Right. Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Right. But I mean, at the same time, they really could have just, you know, quietly done away with this program. This is true. And maybe that would have been for best because I do think it kind of draws more attention to the whole thing, but with Hardy, you know, quote unquote, welcoming him back, Mm -hmm. you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if they're not going to address it directly to do it this way is almost like kind of cowardly, I guess. Right. No, no, I, it's, I, it's like, oh, it's gone, but we're not going to say why it's very WWE ish. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. Uh, when we come back from commercial, we get a pre-tape promo from John Moxie. I actually thought this was a good promo. I mean, the V-neck alone had me like right in. So <laughs> it started with a V-neck and it was all good from there. Uh, yeah, so it, I I, th- I thought it was a it was it was a good promo. I really liked it. And this is what he does. Like these backstage things, they work every week, and it's why they keep doing them and keep giving me more of them. It's totally fine. I love when he called uh, Darby Allen the little compadre. Yep. Yeah, the, <laughs> that was funny. So, <laughs> and then we get our next match the the, the match that the internet has been waiting for, uh, for the TNT Championship. Cody Rose defending against War Horse. War Horse. War Horse. <laughs> Horse. Ah, <laughs> uh, and well, 
and Jake, and, and and Jake even getting in garages. Uh, uh, we're stealing cigarettes from our parents and we're going to, to concerts in our IROX. And he even got pyro. Yeah, he did. How he deserves awesome was he that? deserves it because he rules ass. <laughs> he rules ass. And this match uh, it had a slow start, but it kind of ruled ass by the end, I, I have to say. Like, and uh, uh, at, the Cody Defender is going to log on today. And I'm sure you were ready for it. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. Once again, in Cody Rhodes fashion, Cody has done what he's done basically every week for this open challenge and been the straight man and highlighted his opponent's strengths and made the match about his opponent. Uh, I thought he did it quite well here. The story was, you know, Warhorse won't last five minutes with me. And Cody comes into it with a bit of a cavalier attitude. He's a little nonchalant. And then as Warhorse starts get, putting some stuff in on him, getting out of stuff, putting moves in, he comes out and then you can start seeing his frustration. He needs Arn to kind of calm him down. And then Warhorse takes advantage. He does those big double stomps outside of the eight, ring apron, uh, uh, gets a lot of good moves in. Just a really well-told story and a really well-done match. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was, uh, no, I, I, like I said, I, I thought it had a really slow start, but. Um, that's I, pretty classic Cody. Like, what, what do these Cody matches haven't had slow starts? I think that's kind of like a signature thing for these matches. I think the Cody-Eddie Kingston match, despite Eddie kind of getting into it right away, like, it's still ramped up as it went along. And I think that's how Cody likes to work, right? Like, I think he likes to kind of get things moving faster and faster up to that culmination. Um. Of course, you know, uh, Cody did try a couple of times to lock in the figure four, uh, including one that was full on reverse with a with a headbang by. Yeah, uh, with there was some good headbanging in this by, match by Another War Horse, but uh, <laughs> in the end, uh, Cody succeeds with uh, with a figure four War with Horse taps. Four. Which, you know, a non-crossroads finish. You use that. And you know what? This was an old school match. So an old school finish was proper for it. Uh, following that, we had members of the Dark Order run in. Uh, attack both Cody and Warhorse. So I thought, you know, they kind of punk Warhorse out a little bit. I thought a that... little bit, but this is also a good way to get to what they were getting to because it wasn't, you know, Warhorse. You know, he got his match. He had a great match, but again, you have to move storylines forward, right? So he gets the attack, but then we're not finished, right? No, we have another. We, we, we get joined by a, a, another new friend. We are. Why don't Why don't you take this one? Woo, 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 you know it, bro. <laughs> the motherfucking Long Island Ice-Z, baby. Matt Cardona shows up, and man, is he just fucking zacked. Yeah, he He's is. He's zacked to the gills, bro. <sighs> he looks great. He yeah, looks absolutely Right. He's he, huge. He, he, he's huge. He, he's looking like one of those action figures he likes to talk about. I just I want someone to show Vince McMahon this clip so he can go, God damn, pal, that's all you had to do. <laughs> oh, Lordy. So, yeah, another former WWE guy makes his way into AEW. Oh, an inevitable one. We knew he was coming and I'm happy with it. This is a guy who deserved better. Uh, in his time in WWE, a guy who's, you know, uh, it, it, everybody deserves better. This is true. You're hundred percent right. About this. It's free, it, free, well, Shin, free Shinsuke Nakamura. Free Nakamura. Oh man. Free Nakamura. Well, they freed Kyrie Sane at least. So yeah. we, uh, we're on the way. We're on the way and all the best to Kyrie, uh, where it is. She might not wrestle that much longer. So uh, hopefully she gets to finish out her career the way she wants. She's, uh, incredibly talented, uh, oh, and yeah. someone that's best. 
Um, but moving on from that, yes, I'm, I'm happy Mark Cardona's there. He's a guy, in keeping with the theme of AEW wrestlers, good at getting them themselves over. You know, doesn't need the machine to do it for them. So I think uh, he's going to be very successful. Wasn't there. he, like, really the first one to, like, use... That's the first guys to use, use the internet. To his internet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the internet, the original, and the first and only internet champion. I hope they bring that belt back, too. I mean, hey, if the FTW belt can be there, the internet championship can be there. <laughs> When we come back from commercial, uh, the inner circle are assembled with Tony Schiavone. They're not happy. When, when are they ever happy? When, when are they ever happy? I've never seen them happy. They're just mad. Um, the- that jacket has to stink to high heaven by now. Well, according to Santana, it smells like cat piss. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which, a very fun, another fun promo. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, uh, uh, like, quietly moved the inner circle forward uh, with, like, their small, subtle character work, with, like, the little comments, with their facial expression stuff, and with the kind of standing in the background and kind of keeping this whole thing going along. The inner circle would absolutely not work without them. Yeah, uh, you could tell also that uh, he was, uh, you also tell that Santana Ortiz were kind of like uh, rolling their eyes back when uh, Sammy made the, uh, the, the, the the son of a bitch in Spanish comment. Yes, yeah, which I did have a good laugh for, son of L bitch. <laughs> you know, this yeah. it's, a, it's a Jericho line, like Jericho wrote that. Um, but you know, it's, I'm glad the inner circle just does Jericho stuff. Like that's what it's supposed to be, right? This is Jericho's baby. And, uh, part and parcel of that, we have in two weeks time, a rematch between Chris Jericho and orange Cassidy. So that'll be, that'll be fun. You know, it will. I'm very excited to see what, uh, other shenanigans these guys get up to. Of course, they didn't hold that for all out, but. Um, but, you know, I, I'm guessing that, you know, they're going to move Jericho into something else for All Out within the next couple of weeks. This was a, a show that they, they got some storylines moving forward uh, towards All Out. And I kind of like the spacing and pacing that they've done over the last couple of weeks that not every single wrestler is like working towards their All Out like match at the same time. You know, right. like last week it was uh, it, it was, you know, they kind of focus on the Britt Baker and Swole stuff. Um, who else did they talk about last week? There was some other stuff they did uh, for All Out. But you know, this week it's let's let's get to Jericho's thing. Next week, I'm assuming will probably be something with Cody and Matt Cardona. Uh, yeah, actually, they announced uh, what was going to happen, but uh, oh, I missed that. Yeah, uh, but we'll we'll get to that later. Um, and then uh, following that, we go to a pre-tape bit with uh, contract signing for FTR. Yeah, they uh, did. Cash yeah, Wheeler pro- and Dax Harwood signing pen to paper with their own demands. For, for their matches. And you got AEW's legal counsel in the house. And, of course, FTR brought their own counsel, the tag team expert himself, Mr. Arn Anderson. Who, who doesn't manage them, but, you know, still has Well, maybe he will not. Manage. And I think this is kind of a cool thing to do uh, to, like, let managers branch out a little bit and not be tied to one wrestler. Right. Kind of old school wrestling, right? Jimmy Hart had how many clients, you know? Uh, a lot. Bobby Heenan, same thing. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, let, let managers branch out. Let them represent multiple talents. I think this is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and also, a uh, uh, someone tweeted this, uh, but a uh, finally a contract signing where someone doesn't go through a table. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Not WWE, that's for sure. Uh, Adam Page shows up with a big old glass of whiskey. That was iced tea. You can see the fuzz at the top of it. Oh, well, yeah, but, you know. They, they, but it's a thought that counts. But, you it's know, so, that... so is uh, Michael Anthony's when he used to do that and for Van Halen, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know so was Dean Martin. It's fine. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we oh, go... wait, wait, Before we move on, 
holy shit is Adam Page hot. I just want to just really mention Adam Page's just incredible hotness. Uh, he deserves to be uh, commended and respected just for being a hunk. Good on you, Adam Page. Okay, we can move on now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, th- thank you for that, Paul Sebastian. Uh, moving on, our third match of the evening, AEW World Tag Team Championship. Kenny Omega and Adam Page defending against the original Dark Order, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson. Absolutely. Cole and you Cabana know and Brody Lee joining on commentary. Yes, and Anna Jay making her return to Dark Order appearances. It was nice yeah. to see her out there working with her. She's got the little uh, Dark Order colored mask. I love the look. Really good gear. I'm excited. I think Anna Jay is very, very talented uh, with relation to her level of experience. So I'm excited to see where they go with her. So uh, anyway, sorry about that. I got distracted by something. Um, <laughs> so with that in mind, uh we go into the match. Uh, it's pretty back and forth for a lot of it. Uh, Stu Grayson, again, very underrated. Oh, He's so good. I was yeah talking about this during the match. Stu Grayson uh, and John Silver, maybe the two most underrated talents and underutilized talents they have on the roster, and they're both in Dark Order. That's That bodes well for Dark Order because both those guys can absolutely go, and every time they're in the ring, uh, they make magic. And this match really did it for me. I thought this was one of the an, a, a very good Kenny and Page match too. They did a good job, uh, kind of interplaying that like we we still don't like each other. We have a lot of problems, but when the wrestling starts and when they start doing moves together, they just work. They just have in ring chemistry and they can't fight it. And it's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, the match. I mean, it was solid, but not spectacular. Although yeah, that, not spectacular, that, but that, I thought that it, wild dive that Stu Grayson did. Holy shit! Yes, I thought it accomplished a lot of stuff, and I thought the uh, also the dual chop spots on Evil Uno from Kenny and Adam I thought worked really well. Right. So yeah, there was a lot to like about this. Uh, it, you know, moving along the narrative, I thought maybe we could get a surprise blow up. I talked about that last week here on the podcast. We didn't get it, but we are inching closer, and now I'm starting to think maybe they will wait until all out. Yeah, and I'm thinking it's going to be FTR at this point because they, they they keep telegraphing this. Right, but like with but then you know we see them again uh, tonight too. Yeah, so. well, yeah. In fact, uh, during this segment, so of course the the end comes with another uh, or what they call it, last shot, last call, last um, call, which last is a cool call. name for it. Yeah, um, and uh, you know our 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 erstwhile champions retain uh, Brody Lee. First attacks, the, Uno the and Daniel Grayson. Plainview of AEW. He has just huge Daniel Plainview energy. He drinks your milkshake. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but uh, and then he uh, decides to start running down uh, the entire elite, and <laughs> then the dark, the entire damn Dark Order show up. And... That was uh, that was this was really well done. So from start to finish, Brody immediately grabs Colt and says, "Colt, get out of here. You do not need go Colt. Go 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 go." And has Anna Jay escort Colt away from the violence. Uh, confronts um, all of our heroes. The Bucks get in the ring, and then they're surrounded by Dark Order, seemingly appearing from nowhere from over the guardrails, which I thought was a very well shot, well done scene here. Yeah, uh, I really liked it. They creep their way in. They start attacking, and then all of a sudden. Our uh, our big beefy boys with their styrofoam coolers come in. Yep, and they're saving the day. Saving the day. Return of the FTR. And you know this whole thing is fun because it's like hard to see exactly where it's going. But that's good. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't see the end game of every storyline, right? Let them. Uh, you know, let some things kind of play out as they go. Let us have a little suspense. You know. Yep. So. Uh... 
So yeah, so FTR make the rescue for the elite against the entire damn Dark Order, chaos rules, and but oh wait, no, we have to sh- cut away from that for FTR stands for Friends That Rescue. <laughs> did you just make that up on the fly? Hell yeah, I did. I'm a professional. Right on. Um, <laughs> moving on, we go right into a Rip Baker promo to start the women's division portion of the program. Um, <laughs> Britt cuts a promo saying that Big Swole, before Big Swole gets a shot at Britt, uh, she will face a, an opponent of her choice, whomever that may be. Do you got any guesses? Do you have any guesses for who that's going to be? You know, the last time we made a guess like this, I was completely wrong. So Yeah, I mean, I got nothing. I really do. I think this is like a, a, a something that they're going to introduce somebody new, I would expect. I don't think it's somebody that's on the active roster that we've seen. They're really bringing in new people like at a pretty high clip right now. So I expect that to continue. And you know what? Good. Let AEW expand that roster. Sign wrestlers. Give them money. Let them all get their checks. Let's go. Yep. There you go. Hey, our favorite wrestlers. Speaking uh, of which, wait, is that the next segment? Did we go to the go ahead? Well, no, the, the next one is a uh, Diamante promo yes. vi- video promo. Another well-done promo. Uh, I thought that was really good. It's kind of introducing, you know, the less educated fan of Diamante. Uh, pretty, you know, standard, you know, wrestling stuff. But I thought it was well done. And Diamante is an interesting person, an interesting wrestler, and someone I want to see more. So, so uh, this leads into our fourth match of the evening. Hikaru Shida uh, in a non-title match, it seems, against Diamante, who apparently is unsigned. I was not aware of that. Which, you know, maybe, maybe not. It's hard to believe. It's all kayfabe, right? I think maybe the storyline is, like, get people to want Diamante signed, but I would assume maybe she might be under contract low-key. We'll uh, see. Yeah. Uh, th- this match was all right. Uh, yeah. It was You know, they're not going right. to pull out all the, all the bag of tricks on a non-title match. You got you to gotta keep some stuff close to the vest, right? You can't just have Hikaru Shida have a blowout for a non-title on TV. And I think that's good. Hold your champions back. Don't expect your champion to have the best match of their career every week. Right. So, uh, of course, Sheeta does get the win uh, with uh, Falcon Arrow leading into a Shining Wizard. Um, you know, I, again, I, I thought it was just all right. Uh, this yeah, wasn't the best Hikaru Sheeta match. I thought Diamante looked good. Absolutely. I thought she was fine in the ring. So, um, with that, we go into an announcement that on Monday on the AEW YouTube channel, we'll get the draw, the deadly draw for the women's tag team cup tournament i gotta um, say when they when they announced the rules for this and that they were gonna have a draw i audibly went oh yeah well it, it, it seems super like we're interesting yeah it, it, it's a lethal lottery basically yeah this is a really fun way to do this i like it um and then we cut backstage to nyla rose who's already drawn her color and with she, her new manager, with the new manager and which you know get, what so far the chemistry is all right I, I i was afraid of like the overshadowing or like the like who gets the spotlight how do we kind of balance this and if this small sample size is an indication of how like the vicky and nyla interplay is going to work okay i'm ready i'm willing to see more um either way um Nyla's partner has been determined someone in the area yeah she has who it's is- cameron it's fucking cameron dude Okay. Oh, yeah, you didn't watch WWE. No, so I didn't. Ariane Andrew uh, w- made her name as Cameron in WWE as a member of the Funkodactyls with Naomi and Brodus Clay. Uh-huh. Okay. Fox News commentator Brodus Clay. Uh, okay. But no, yeah, uh, I, they, Ariane they, Andrew... Uh, completely passed Ariane me by. Made, 
Rihanna Andrew has an awesome has awesome vibes, a great personality. She's kind of she's uh, hugely popular in the LGBTQ wrestling fan community, um, and was supposed to make her return to wrestling at Effie's big gay brunch this year in April. Uh, so well, she we all know what happened with that. There, yeah, uh, you know, global pandemic and mass death. Yeah, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, she's. I'm very excited to see her return to wrestling. I think this is going to be very fun, and I think her and Nyla is going to be a blast. Because, like, yeah, uh, you're going to see, and I'm very excited to talk to you in the future about this because uh, their personalities couldn't be different, and it's going to make for some very entertaining stuff. I, I was curious if this was somebody from Dark that I just didn't recognize, but uh... you, not yet. No, she was. Uh, but no, she was a thing in WWE and NXT for quite a while, and uh, and, and quite popular. Okay. Well, thank, thanks for uh, thanks for thanks for the the knowledge hookup there. I'm here to help. It's what I do. We then go to a very long and drawn out bit with MJF in in full Ch- Donald Trump mode. Oh man, we're gonna disagree on this, aren't we? Oh, probably. I mean, I love it. I mean, okay. The, the the promo itself wasn't bad. Um, I, I oh, could have done. Well I, I could have done without the whole. You know the the. The, the the Donald Trump dressing. I think that's the most, uh, I think that was probably the best part. And we talked about this with Jericho's thing too. Listen, man, Trump sucks. We all hate him. It's fine. But if we can't acknowledge like the comedy there, like what are we even doing? We can't, like, we, if we can't, we've got to acknowledge that this shit's pretty funny and uh... capture that energy and, and, it be, and being able to satirize it, I think is still important, right? We can't just be all gloom and doom here, man. The world's bad enough. And I still want to make fun of these people relentlessly and telling jokes about them and, and ridiculing them uh, is still a good source of entertainment for me and should be a source of entertainment for people. We should ridicule these people at every turn. Um, Knowing M- who MJF is as a person, um, he's not a Trump guy or whatever. So I, I do understand and-, and recognize it's a satire. And I think capturing the energy of our current political climate and bringing it into that like debate thing and stuff, it's the kind of like current event utilization that WWE isn't good at, right? They're always a few years behind. And so I guess what I respect about this the most is like at least they're capturing current moments a lot better than the other guys you know what i mean okay. well I, yes I, I i get that it's satire it's just it, it's not the, the the joke's not funny anymore okay you know and that's really fair if you don't think it's funny then that's that's all subjective the, the, right the, yeah the, the the joke isn't funny i mean it was like judge dread is satire but after after Ferguson, oh, we'll, well we'll argue all for days about judge dread i fucking love that movie <laughs> well no I'm talking, about, well, I'm talking about the comic strip yeah, you know, okay. from 2018, not not the Stallone movie, but I mean, even that. Okay, I'll, I'll defend the Carl Urban movie though, because I thought the Carl Urban that one's movie good too. Was I thought that's really well done. Great. I think I think Judge Dredd is like the right amount of stupid. Uh, Dredd itself is just a really good like low key action movie. Absolutely. Okay, the Stallone movie got the look of Dredd down, but I, I think that the the Carl Urban one got the actual point of Dredd down. That's you're you're absolutely right which, about which, no no Judge. Judge Dredd is like just like again like a lot of Stallone movies. It doesn't realize that it's a satire. It's just on its face fascism because it's dumb. It's really really dumb, but it's fun dumb. And like I would like Diane Lane to shoot me in right. the head with one of those guns. Anyways, but, but here's the thing: the, the, the point is that after Ferguson, I couldn't I couldn't watch the Carl Urban movie. I st- I still haven't gone back to it, uh, even though I, I talk about I think about yeah, do I want to watch that again? And then I just never get around to it. But I I didn't read. Judge Dredd in 2000 AD for several years after Ferguson started happening because, you know, there it is. It's right there in front of you, and 
you know, sometimes, you know, the, the joke just suddenly becomes not funny. Have, no, and I, and I do understand that. And, like, what I'll give to MJF's point is I think this promo was well-written, and I think the WWE digs were well done, like the, the, the Moxley-Stone Cold comparisons and the I think the House of Titans line was pretty good. Like, there was some good line delivery here. And well, I think one oh, thing MJF d- does is, like, he's a good actor. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. We have made comments, even on this show, that there is a certain feel of, of peak 97 Steve Austin with John Moxley, but we never said yes. he was copying Steve Austin. No, I don't think, but I think if I you want to be a heel and make fun of him, that's what you want. If you want to be the bad guy, right, then you, you make that comparison and you let the fans go, oh, what do you mean? Don't be a dick about it. Like, he's a heat man. MJF knows how to get people mad at him, and, you know, he's the bad guy. And we need to stop liking our bad guys so much. You know what I mean? Like, there's well, a lot I of agree with. likable, but we need heels to hate, and MJF is very willing to step in that role, and I do respect that. Now, the you know, the, the real upshot here is, of course, now I think we're starting to see the, 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 the run-in or the run-up to uh, Mox versus MJF uh, coming up for probably all-in or all-out, excuse me, um, because I think that was supposed to be maybe for double or nothing, and then, it, it, and then you know, the, the pandemic blew everything up. Yeah, I, I think, think you're right about that, but I think this is going to be a good build here. Um you know, I, I like MJF a lot. I think he's a very good wrestler. And I think, you know, while he may not be ready to be the guy to carry the torch, at some point he's going to be. Uh, he's waiting in the wings. He's young. He's incredibly talented. And at some point he is going to be the guy to carry this company. So, you know, uh, uh, starting with John Moxley now and with what I think will be a very good match and a very good build because Moxley, you know, we talked about this earlier in the podcast, right? These Moxley backstage promos and stuff have been great. So I think if anyone to have some interplay, uh, with these these different personality clashes, I think we're going to have a lot of fun on the microphone between these two. So, uh, with that in mind, we come back from commercial and we get our main event of the evening: a uh, tornado tag no DQ match between John Moxley and Darby Allen and Team Taz of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Uh, first up, though, Darby Allen uh, doesn't appear. Where's Darby? And Taz has a few things to say about that. Uh, he says some things about Darby, but he had mostly things to say about uh, Brian Cage's muscles. Yeah, he more went, things to say about the muscles. Uh, he went on a bit got, about Brian. He's Cage's got muscles. deltoids like friggin' cannonballs, bro, <laughs> brother. <laughs> Those triceps, the pistons, the pistons, Moxley. I loved it. It's Taz, so Taz is still the best one, man. Yeah, he's crushing it. He really is. Um, they also and then also what I thought this was a nice thing to do. He passed the mic to Ricky and said, "Ricky, take over." And Ricky Starks cut a really nice promo too. Yeah, because God knows Brian Cage can't cut a promo for shit. No, and, 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 and Taz recognizes this. So yeah, and and you know what? The, finally, we recognize this, and we don't let him cut promos. It's fine. Let him be Brock Lesnar. He doesn't have to say shit. He's huge. Look at him. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, yeah, funny the, the the comparison there, given you know Paul Heyman's history with Taz. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, but as we begin the the as we begin the start of the ugh, let's try that again. As we start the match, we get a coffin drop for the rafters. Woo! Yeah, we do. Hot start. Oh, really shit! Nice. You're wondering where Darby was. There he is. There he was, and it just also went is from that there. tattoo on his left arm new? Like the whole bone thing on his left arm? I feel like I haven't noticed that. I don't know the answer to that. Is that recent? 
I don't it's got, know. like a whole huge tattoo. It's a very cool tattoo. Like, don't get me wrong. I feel like I haven't noticed it before. Listeners, if you're out there, you can tweet at me at Thick Flare TTV and tell me how stupid I am for missing this tattoo if it isn't new. I did notice all the cupping marks on uh, on uh, Brian Cage's back. Hey, man, you got to keep those muscles healthy. He's a guy who I'm sure works out quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> works out, yes. Uh, but yeah, that was a. Uh, but no, this was just a a fun ass brawl. Yeah, a lot way. going on here. Lots of like uh, garbage cans and outside of the ring spots. Big heavy hitting shit. Um, a lot of big things happening. Like a lot of big spots in the picture and picture to keep it kind of sucked in there. And yeah, I thought this was really well done. Uh, as far as tornado matches go, if you're gonna do it, man, yeah, do it like no, this. No, right? I, I got you. Jump. Doing a sliding jump onto the ring apron to armbar uh, yes. Brian Cage. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. Moxley's smooth, man. I know he gets most of his credit for being like a you know a crazy guy, a character guy, a promo guy, a deathmatch guy, a violence guy. The man can wrestle. Uh, he's very smooth in the ring and and has been for a long time. And I really like when he gets to show that off. So uh, with that, uh, we get uh, Darby Allen. <laughs> gets the pin on Ricky Starks by by way of skateboard fucking oh, thumbtacks yeah that was, God, oh, two weeks man, in a row so we've, had, we've had tax that was a great tax spot too holy shit and the Brian K the leg twitch the way he twitched the leg when he got the fucking be- the tax put into him oh, really yeah. sold that one it was great really awesome finish no that, 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 that was a fun main event that was a good way to hell go yeah on. and we find out Darby Allen points at Mox, stares him down for the title, and now we get that next week. Absolutely, and then you know what the way the way Darby sold that, and like those little subtle looks at the belt, even though they were being like sort of friendly, but he kept not being able to take his eye off the belt no matter what. Really nice setup for this. Um, also next week, apparently we get uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Matt Cardona in his in-ring debut against uh, two of the Dark Order. I think uh, what was it, Allen Angels and. One of the other guys, I can't remember. Yeah, which I did one. not see that part, but uh, you know what? I'm here for it. Sounds good. Um, also, I just got an email from shopaew.com for uh, Matt Cardona's first official AEW T-shirt already. Oh yeah, he hasn't done. I've shit. already sent that T-shirt to my friend in Long Island. Oh, you have. <laughs> I sent a picture of it. I was like, yeah, yeah, you need that, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. Not, not you actually sent one to him. You didn't. Not the shirt itself, out. just a picture of it, and was like, you should buy this. Um, um, we also got a. We have announced a twelve-man tag match. I am not looking forward to that because the ten-man nearly killed me. This one I missed too. Explain this one to me. <laughs> uh, it is. It, it is Omega and Page. The Young Bucks and FTR versus the entire damn Dark Order, including Colt Cabana. You know what? I, here's the thing about that. Yeah, probably will be too much, but I'm assuming it won't take long, and it's all going to be for storyline purpose. So, oh, probably. We'll but see. Still, you know, and more Dark Order. I like the Dark Order. I think they're filled with super talented wrestlers. That's the thing about it. There's a lot of talent in Dark Order. So, put them on my TV. Let's go. All right. Uh, your pros and cons. Who? Uh, there was quite a bit to like. Uh, my pros debuts. Uh, bringing in new. 
talent. Uh, Ariane Andrew, Matt Cardona. Let's bring in people that didn't get a fair shake and let's get them a fair shake. I thought the uh, the main event was great. The, obviously, the acid drop of the tax was great. Um, I thought the tag team title match uh, was, was quite good. Uh, cons. Um, Excalibur getting canceled is sad. You don't like to see that. Uh, he kind of made that bed, though. Um, uh, you know, I just kind of enjoyed this show. You go, you give me the cons. You be the negative, Nancy. You know, I, honestly, I didn't have too many cons. As, well, okay, the MJF promo I could have done without. You know, all, all, right. all the the Trump dressing. Um, uh, yeah, the 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 opening match it was okay. But, yeah, the, I, mean, I wouldn't it, call it a con, but it probably it wasn't as great until you know yeah it, it could have been better yeah it's there, more it's more con than pro i'll just say that yeah it was it could, given the 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 level of talent there there's a couple good things that happened as we previously discussed but yeah it didn't super click all the way yeah. um, um but i let you know i'm cool with matt hardy being around uh the the biggest pro warhorse warhorse oh, yeah. Hell Warhorse yeah. rules ass. Congratulations to Warhorse. Uh, he looked great. All the best to Warhorse. Whether they sign him or not, uh, he's one of the best names out there in wrestling. And if you weren't familiar before today, get your ass on IWTV and uh, check out the best stuff they just released. He's still just the, a, he's still the independent champion, isn't he? He certainly is. Uh, uh, he just defended that title uh, against Ricky Shane Page uh, this weekend, and it was awesome too. Uh, the GCW and Beyond shows this weekend were very good. Uh, uh, I watched a bunch of that, and there's a lot to like there too. Yeah, I completely missed those, so I, I had things going on. The, the I, vibes I, were good. It had a really cool aesthetic, uh, being on the boardwalk and like the hard cam facing the ocean. It looked great. Yeah, I had uh, things going on this whole weekend, and I could, it, the, those shows completely slipped my mind, so I, I didn't get <laughs> yeah. to see any of you that. Can, you can watch the Beyond one on IWTV. I thought it was, it was uh, there was a really great match between uh, Wheeler Yuta and Lee Moriarty that's totally worth going back on. Well, that does sound good. So. Lee Moriarty is the fucking truth and i want anyone listening to this podcast who doesn't know who lee moriarty is to go look him up right now all right well with that we are done with the real episode 40 of AEW. the Dynamite. real episode 40 so go get yourself a smooth ass double malt crack that bad boy open and get shit faced oh yeah paul go ahead and plug yourself I will plug myself, Jeff. I will plug myself so hard. You can find me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV, all C's, no K's, or at Twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. You will not see any streams for a little while, aforementioned Georgian staycation that I am currently on. But I'm still here recording this podcast, and I'm still posting every now and again. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Um, this past week, we dropped uh, the longest episode of Busting Balls uh, uh, John and I has ever have ever done. Oh but... man, we didn't even talk about Vince McMahon buying Sunderland. Oh Jesus, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to get into that. <laughs> I just had to bring it up to hear your reaction on Pod. Oh uh, Jesus, I don't want to get into that. that we may have to save, we had to save that for next episode. That's exactly what the I next episode of Busting Balls. So thank you. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, yeah, we we had a very with all the leagues. Uh, ending now, we had a lot to talk about, including uh, the complete final grades of every Premier League club this season. So, and I, yeah, I, I buried my team a little. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's got to happen. Listen, man, I grew happen. up a Lions fan. You want to talk about burying your teams? I'm very familiar. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I feel that one. <laughs> so, all right, well, uh, Paul, you stay safe over there, and. Um, well, 
we'll uh we'll see you next week thanks for listening thank you bye